Welcome to Sermons That Will Knock Your Socks Off by Bill Lytell, Senior Pastor of Gospel Baptist Church in Bonita Springs, Florida. I had a message I wanted to preach this morning, and God said no. Pretty, pretty squared away now. People say, I wish God give me a sign. He did. One son on a sign you wanted to know about, but I want to talk to you about, will God be glad he gave you your job? I had a sermon idea through those three or four days I was struggling with uh, food poisoning. And to be honest with you, I think I poisoned myself. People ask me tonight, where'd you get it? We had everybody, I had my, my son and his two boys over. So my wife and his son, two boys, I fixed ribeyes for on the grill. And I fixed chicken for myself. And I'm the only one that got it. And I thought, wow, I must not have cooked it. I like the chicken a little pink. You know, I don't I don't like I don't like chicken cooked real. People overcook chicken, they ruin it. But the four days I just spent, I think I I think I want my chicken a little more, more well done. <clears throat> I remember my mother's remedies. Man, I had a lot of reminiscences these last four days about my mother and her remedies. Because nobody went to the hospital back then. You know, nobody went to the doctor. Nobody went to the hospital. You fixed it at home. And my mom had these old wives' remedies about this and that and the other thing. I tried two of them. Amen. They didn't work too bad either. My wife, I can say this, she has some uh, fabulous attributes. Uh, Leave it at that. She really helped me out. Uh, well, God, be glad he gave you a job. This hit me in reading 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 34, 35. It hit me. It hit me. God, had, let me give you some background. I gave you, this is not to even, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overlap a little information between two sermons I did, but the information, it makes sense when you, when you were done with this. God had chosen Saul to be the first king of Israel, the people did not choose Saul. I want you to understand that. The people did not choose Saul. God chose Saul. Don't ever forget that. God chose Saul. God chose him through his, his maybe the greatest priest in the Old Testament, Samuel. He was given, Saul was given everything he needed to succeed as king. He had Samuel. His direct contact to God. He had the entire nation for him. He had the Holy Spirit giving him his abilities and his power because it was God that chose him. He had a simple set of rules laid down, which was to obey the clear commands of God. When I tell you to do something, do it like I told you. That, that's it. That was just pretty much, pretty much what he needed to know. But Saul, he had a glitch. A glitch. Computer language. He had, uh, he had malware infection. He had something wrong with the way he thought, the way he put things together. He bent the rules that were given to him 
over and over again. He interpolated what God said carelessly. He did not carry out the clear command he was given to eliminate the Amalekites, but saved Agag alive with his choice animals for Samuel 15. Another time he took the place of Samuel, which is a priest, and sacrificed as a priest at Gilgal for Samuel 13. He simply had a disregard for God's specifics in his word, in his command. Somehow Saul thought that God would think like he thought. Boy, don't make that mistake. Do not make the mistake to make God in your image. Don't do it. And after your likeness. I've had people come to me and you say, nobody does that. Are you kidding me? I've had hundreds of people come to me and say, well, God wouldn't or God would, you know, Telling me what God was telling me what God was going to do and what God I'm saying wow you'd have to know the mind of God completely to do that you'd have to be God be careful now you can quote the Bible and God says I'll do this or do that He's prepared for me a mansion I can say Amen Amen double Amen God is preparing if He's a born again believer He's preparing for you a place. Be careful. Uh, he thought in the flesh rather than the spirit. He did really. He really did not trust God to have the best way for him. And he bent the rules, interpolated it differently, applied it differently. And people today, the Church of Jesus Christ today, has been invaded by majority with people like Saul. And they're doing what Saul did. First Samuel 15, 34, 35 says, Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in the Gibeah of, of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul. You've got to say something about that. And the Lord, this is the, this is the message, And the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Now, as I'm going through my Bible reading, you know, you're going, I'm going through it at Alexander Scorby's clip because I'm listening to Alexander Scorby. I love to listen to the guy. And when he hit that verse, the Holy Spirit just said, stop. Have you ever tried to get into the shoes of some of these people in the Bible? Get in their shoes. Try to get in their mind. Samuel loved Saul. He loved him. He loved him like his own son. And he, he knew that God Almighty had picked him. He knew of everybody that may have known, he knew the most. And when he saw Saul make those mistakes and carelessly apply the word of God and, and eventually get rejected by God, God says, I'm going to get another guy and take his place, a better guy. A better guy. How's he going to be better? He's going to do what I tell him to do. Jesus even said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, if you're a friend of mine, you'll do what I ask you to do. But there's people out there today who say they're a friend of Jesus and a friend of the Bible, and they're disobeying it in, in all kinds of ways, and they're discounting it. Like, no, God really doesn't care about that. I mean, 
I've had people do the crazy. I've had people divorce their wife and say, God really don't care about divorce. It really doesn't make a big difference. Now, all I can say is, you haven't read the same book I'm reading. Will God repent about giving you your job? That's what I want to ask. This is where I'm going with that. Will God, in the end of it all, repent that he gave you the job you got? Because you say, well, God hadn't given me a job. Oh, Oh, yes, he has. God's given each person in this room is born again a job for him. There's nobody gets away without a job. Amen. We get a job. We got a purpose. You won't be taking up his ground and eating his food and enjoying his rain and thunderstorm if he don't have some reason for you to be here. The day you go, then your job's over. You, that's your termination time. Actually, it's your promotion time. Each of us has been saved to do something for God, to contribute to the kingdom of God. Uh, there are no exceptions. You're, nobody's saved to sit. Nobody's sa we're saved to serve. Uh, Saul was given the job of leadership. That was his job. He had a high honor. He had the ability to influence many, many people for God in that position. But he got sloppy. He assumed God did not care about details of obedience, and he made God in his own image. And you know, you and I have the ability either to delight God. Man, this is amazing. That we, it's amazing to me that we, have you ever taken a fire ant mound and wiped the top of it off? And all of a sudden, the earth becomes like moving and living earth. 30,000, 40,000 little fire ants. Do you know you're smaller than that? There's 7 billion, billion people in this world. I, I can't put my mind around what 7 billion looks like. But I can tell you it's small. If you're one of the 7 billion, but yet God cares about you, as you, you were the only one. Because God is into microbiology. Amen. I told you about the mosquito having a brain, right? How in the world does he do that? You talk about drone. A mosquito is the best killer drone there ever was made. I just read an article that said mosquitoes killed 12 million people last year. Does that sound right to you, Doc? 12 million people. Mosquitoes kill more people than all wars put together. Easy. That little, he's got a killer drone flying around. Yeah. They say it was the mosquito that helped the European overcome the Aztecs and the Incas and all those people that were here before us, Indians. It was the yellow fever, and it was a lot of what they brought over here was really the conqueror, killed most of them, weakened them. And so the European person could come over here and overcome them all, take their stuff, take all their gold. All that Spanish gold was Aztec, Inca gold. We have the ability, as small as we are, to delight God. The Bible says it, I stand on it. And we also have the ability to cause God 
the maker of all that is, to regret that he blessed us. I don't want to do that. Proverbs 11.1 1 says, A false balance is an abomination of the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Oh, you thought I was super spiritual, and I was just talking about like people, pastors and system pastors and youth pastors. and No, no, I'm talking about the businessman. I'm talking about the businessman. He said, if you're honest, as a born-again Christian businessman, if you're honest, it makes God happy. It makes God happy. Give people a little more than they pay for. Glory to God. Bob Morris, I'll talk to him because I'm talking about him, he's not here. Bob Morris did really well in business. He has some tremendous stories. He's been all over the world. There's some tremendous stories about how he succeeded. And one of the ways he succeeded, if, if he bid a job, let's say $3 million, $4 million job, and they complained about the price, he would raise it. He said, I'd raise it a couple hundred thousand dollars. And the guy go, wait a minute. He says, well, if you complain again, I'm going to raise another couple hundred thousand. They say, okay, no, 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 we don't complain about nothing. We'll take it. Reverse psychology is beautiful. Oh, Bob Morris, he said, Bill, I'm going to tell you one of the secrets. If I have secrets, I mean, he knows God's major. God causes a man to rise and to fall. We understand. But he said, if I had any secrets of business that I could pass on, he said, I always gave people more than they paid for. Now, man, I like that. He said, I always threw in the bid enough money to give them more than they thought they were getting. He said, if I'd put a fountain in or I'd put a deal in that they didn't think they were getting, and they'd go, what's that? And he says, oh, I'm just throwing that in. Don't give that to you. And he said, they'd go tell everybody, man, you want to use Bob Morris, man, use him. Rockscapes, he's one of the best. Yeah. In other words, you actually have the ability as a businessman to delight God by doing the right thing, by being honest, by having just ways. If you're living a just life, treating your fellow man with equity, it just delights God. Proverbs 15, 8 says, A sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. I don't believe in a national day of prayer. You've got a bunch of wicked people who, who, who thinks somehow there's magic in prayer. There is no magic in prayer. Prayer has to be the object of the prayer is where it's all about. And, 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 and by the way, if, if I may say, if Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So even born-again Christians, they're outside the will of God. God shuts But if you're upright, this is Proverbs 15, 8 says, Sacrifice will be abomination to the Lord. But the last part of the verse where I want it, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. I like that. I prayed, and I prayed. I, I mean, I talked to God. I you know, pray without ceasing something I've tried to incorporate in my life. I don't have to make a connection with God. He's already here. I can whisper to him. I can talk to him. I can sing to him. I, I'm with him all the time. I'm never apart from him. It's not like I got to make a special connection, long distance. Talk, come on, come on. The heathen believe by their much speaking they're going to be heard. He said, "Don't do that. You can do one sentence prayer, one couple word prayer. Lord, help me. 
I've said that plenty. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. He hears us. He's there. He's close. He said, if you'll pray, it delights me. Now, you daddies, I'm, I'm picking on Dr. Crabb because I know him some. Medical Crabb, that is. Dr. Crabb, it delights you when your daughter calls you out and says, Daddy, I need help. It's a thrill. I know he's her ATM. As long as you got money, it's a thrill. It's a thrill to help people. It's a thrill to even call you up and tell you they need you. Listen, you could be sitting in a room alone. Nobody cares about you. Nobody needs you. They don't care whether you live or die. It's a thrill when people need you. They call you up and say, can, I, can you help me? It's like, well, well, can I help you? No. But thanks for calling. You know, God, he's very tender-hearted. The Holy Spirit gets hurt. Gets hurt. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 6, God saw the wickedness of man was great in him. And every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. Now, now try to put your mind around that. The thoughts of the heart. He didn't say the speech. He said, he didn't say their actions, did he? He said, so you mean to tell me God's reading my thoughts? He wants your, have you ever thought bad stuff? Ever thought bad stuff? I do. I think bad stuff sometimes and I just, I go like, God forbid that I would have that thought. That thought bothered me. That thought ran across my mind and it dirtied me. And you know what I do? When I have a thought like that, I say, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I denounce in the name of Jesus that thought. I don't know where it's coming from. In my flesh, which is no good thing. In my flesh dwells no good thing. It could be also coming from the spirit world that come across you. I don't know where it's coming from. don't care where it's coming from, but it comes across my mind. I don't like it. I don't want it. I want my thoughts to be pleasing to God. The next verse in verse 6 of Genesis, now we're talking about the flood. It repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. Wow. And it grieved him at his heart. See, sometimes we think of God like the world thinks about God from a distance. He's looking away from a distance, but he ain't getting involved in the individual life. He cares about Vito. He cares about all about Vito, everything about Vito. And if you don't know that, the devil's robbing you. The people of the flood so turned away from him that the very heart of God was grieved. I think of parents. Parents suffer like that. Tom Cronin suffers like that. So many parents through the years I've met have wayward children. I can't, I, 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 
only mention town because I have liberty to do that. But there's so many parents that I would mention that you know that have wayward children that are agnostics. Recently, one of our young people said he didn't believe in God anymore on Facebook. I wish he'd just shut up because he's going to regret those words. And by the way, it ain't over till it's over. I thought, well, get ready for a real good whipping because you just have ignited the wrath of God on you. And now the whipping's coming. I hope he gets it because if you get a whipping, that means you're a child of God. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, it hurts my feelings. It hurts any parent's feeling. And if you love people, it hurts you. Well, how much more God magnify that? We have the ability to grieve or to quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, quench not the Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. So we can quench and we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, where is he? He's in you. That bad thought comes through your mind. You don't kill it. You don't denounce it. You, you actually maybe entertain it. The Holy Spirit's going, have you ever felt that? Oh, I have. I felt, I, felt, I felt something in me go like this. Also, I've also felt the Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force as the Jehovah Witnesses and cults say. He's God who feels and cares. A force doesn't quench and doesn't grieve. The Jehovah Witnesses say the Holy Spirit's electricity, like electricity, it's just a force, impersonal force. How can that be? How can you quench and grieve? Electricity, you can't. And it, to prove it further, and I'm not, I'm not here to do this. Acts five, three through four says, when Ananias and Sapphira lied, you know, about buying the price of property and all that, they died. He said, "Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God." He's talking about the Holy Spirit in the context. The deity of the Holy Spirit is real. It's real. It's not contrived. It's real. The problem is, so many Christians view God as some distant, impersonal, feelingless entity. But remember, remember now, you and I are made in his image and his likeness. The emotions of anger and sadness and disappointment and grief are all part of him. God gets angry. Ooh, he gets angry. He gets sad. He's disappointed. He's grieved and more. So how do you affect God? How do you affect? Are you serving in the job that he's given you or jobs? <laughs> Most of the time it's not a job. Most of the time it's jobs in the Christian life. I told my wife, we're going to die busy. But fundamental independent Bible-believing Christians are some of the busiest people you've ever been around. We're going to die busy. Uh, are you serving 100% or 50%? If you rated yourself tonight on pleasing God and your job that he gave you, he's given you some jobs, giving you some responsibilities. Wives, he's giving you jobs. Husbands, he's giving you jobs. Children, he's giving you jobs. And so the, whatever responsibility the jobs he's giving you, how would you rate yourself tonight? 100%? 80%? 50%? Are you half-hearted or whole-hearted? Are you partially in or are, would you say you're all in? Are you looking back with one hand on the plow, kind of looking at the world? Adm, ad, you're admiring the world? 
You know, it's been said, whoever your hero is, that's who you are. Make sense? I did a lot of carpet jobs where I'd go and redo bedroom carpet. And uh, I would go in a, a teenager's bedroom. I've been in lots of teenagers' bedrooms. I have been in probably over a thousand teenage bedrooms. I learned something about teenagers. Whatever pictures are on the wall, that's who they are. If you got Bieber on the wall, God have mercy on your soul. He's a wicked man. Bieber fever, they call it. All I know about stuff like that, I pay attention. I used to go in and see Farrah Fawcett Majors. Now, that's a name out of the past, amen? Farrah Fawcett Majors. I used to see her picture in these boys' bedrooms. I knew what they were thinking. I knew where they were at. Just think about that. I go in their bedroom, and in literally five seconds, I can pretty much tell where their mind's at. Whoever your heroes are, that's who you are. Who are your heroes? That's going to tell you something by yourself. I'm not doing this for me tonight. Yes, it is for me because I did this, and, of course, I went through all this with myself. But really, this is for you tonight to rate yourself with God. It's important to evaluate yourself. Amen? Be honest with yourself. Are you attending and supporting God's local church more now than you were five years ago or less? Are you witnessing more now than you were five years ago or less? Are you reading your Bible more now than you were five years ago, or are you reading less? Are you memorizing scripture more now or less? Are you helping people more now or less than you used to? Have you withdrawn yourself or have you applied yourself more or less in the last five years to the things of God, to the job that God has given you? Or Are you doing better? You may be doing better, way better than you were five years ago. I want to make God happy. I want to make him happy. He chose me for the job he's given me, not just one job, but the jobs he's given me. I want to make him happy. I want to excel in it. I want to produce fruit that remains. I want to grow in the knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to make him delight in me. I don't want to make him say, oh, it was a sad day when I, when I put Pastor or you don't say pastor. I put Bill Lytell in the, as, as the pastor of, of my church because this is not Bill Lytell's church. This is Jesus' church. You're Jesus' people, born by Jesus Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit, names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm just here as an under-shepherd temporarily. I don't want to make him sad. What about you? Well, I sure don't want to be... I don't want him to say to me what he said to Saul. I repented me and I made him leader. You know, I know you, your mind is, may go this way. You may say, well, if God knows the beginning and the ending, he knows everything from the beginning. He knew when he picked Saul that Saul was going to go bad. You know, I think you're thinking too far. That's not seemingly what we find in the Bible. Preaching. That's not what we find in the Bible. When 
God picked Saul. Saul had every chance of succeeding. God gave him everything he needed to succeed. God's foreknowledge is not determinative. It's reactive. The Calvinists have poisoned us with saying that all God's foreknowledge is the way it has to be because he's determined the future. That's fatalism. The truth of the matter is he knows the future but doesn't determine the future per se. In other words, if you know something, you're not surprised by it, but you didn't cause it. Otherwise, it could be, you could actually point a finger at God and blame him for what's gone bad because you determined it before it ever happened. That means the evil goes right back to God. But the, the Bible doesn't teach that, does it? It teaches that every man stands accountable for the deeds done in his body, whether it be good or bad, right? So he's accountable because he makes a decision, or she, and you then have, you're not accountable if you don't actually have a free will to do it. If you're Calvinist in this room, I challenge you. I'd be a Calvinist, but I've never been able to swallow the pill. It just doesn't fit with the book. With the book. Just don't fit. And so, I believe that you and I make decisions that make our eventual future and then eventually make our past, if you know what I'm saying. Once you've lived it out, you know, your past. You will determine your reward in heaven or no reward. The Bible says there'll be some, their works will be burned up. They'll be a saved us by fire. They're going to sit there in front, of, in front of that situation where it says they'll be piled up and under the judgment of God and there'll be nothing left. And, they're gonna, and they'll say there's nothing left. Saved us by fire. They'll not be able to point a finger at God and say, you determined it so. They're not going to be able to point a finger at their neighbor. They're not going to be able to point a finger at their mom and dad. Let me just say this in defense of moms and dads. When a mom and dad births their child and raises them in the way they should go and takes them to church and teaches them Jesus and shows them the word of God and holds the book in front of them and says, this is the word of God, believe it, follow it, and the child chooses not to do that, I am never going to point my finger at that parent and blame them. I'm going to point my finger to where God points it to the child and saying, you didn't choose me. But I'm going to say to the parent, were you perfect? How many perfect parents do we have in this room? But you did a lot of good things for your children. You brought them to church. You let them hear the preaching of the Bible. You showed them God is. You, did you live a perfect life in front of your children? Of course you didn't. But when you didn't, you need to get right about it. You need to humble yourself, right? You don't want to be a hypocrite. That'll hurt your child. Be a hypocrite. And parents can hurt their children and can show them an unrealistic picture of what Christianity is. But if you're honest and humble before your kids and say, "Hey, I was wrong and I I failed and for, please forgive me." And, I mean, what more can you ask? My mom and dad were very imperfect people. But I'm going to tell you, one thing I saw in them was legitimacy. I saw in them that they were honest people with themselves and with me. And they, my dad, I saw, I saw my, my mother, I'm sorry. 
My mother, if she got mad, she could cuss like a sailor, any sailor out there. And she hated that. She hated it. She'd cry and cry about that. I respect her for it. I respect the fact that she was a failing human being that would humble herself and get right with God. That helped me be a Christian. My dad, however, did not have a foul mouth. He did have no trouble with swearing. But he had other problems. Whatever you did, you didn't want to get my dad mad. Do anything, but don't get him mad. Prize fighter. Don't get him mad. And he got mad at himself for getting mad. Because a prize fighter loses when they get mad. You know that. In boxing, when you get mad, you lose. And so he'd just be mad at himself for getting mad. I could provoke that old boy to get mad. I regretted it. But man, I mean, so folks, folks. This thing has to do with your heart, doesn't it? Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. Give God your life. It's a wonderful life. It's a great life. Don't grieve him. Delight him. Day by day, delight him. Businessmen, give more than they pay for. My brother Jim has been real successful in business. And one of the ways he was successful when he first started out was, this is one of his secrets. He did jobs for very rich people. In fact, his, his clientele are all very rich people. And that's why he's never worked at my house or your house. But uh, he worked for a real rich Jew. Now, I say that because Gentiles were made to pay retail. You know that. Jews are just very good with money. They have a natural gift of God about making money in this world. That's a sad thing because as this world is not really the what counts so much. But he worked for this Jew and he did a, he did the floor and a whole house, five story house. Did the floors and, the, and it was fifteen thousand dollars. That's all, all for five floors of fifteen fifteen grand. Jim was just in business. He was by himself. Had one guy maybe working for him, but he, fifteen grand was a lot of money. And the guy didn't pay him. Says I ain't gonna pay you. Because Jim got the job, he told the guy, if you don't like it, you don't have to pay for it. That's been his policy from the beginning of his business till now. If you don't like the job, don't pay for it. And I said, Jim, man, that's wild, but I like it. I like it. That means you're so confident in what you're doing. And it, it turned them on. They loved it. So for three years, that guy called him back and had him refinish the floor and refinish the floor. And for three years, he refinished the floor for nothing. Oh, it actually cost him. The at the third year, the guy paid him the 15 grand. Well, he had already eaten all that 15 grand up with labor and with materials. And the guy, but the guy says, I'm happy with the floor now. And you're not a liar. You, you did what you told me. And I'm going to pay your 15 grand. He said, well, thank you. That man alone got my brother enough business Delight God. Do right. And God will bless you. Father, help us tonight. Bless us. Encourage us in the way. Help us, Father, to delight you in every direction. 
to trust you. You love people that just will trust you in the darkest night. They'll just trust you. They'll hang on for dear life. And they'll just trust you through the storm. When the storm passes over, when the thunder sounds no more, that's, that's, that's who you're looking for. People that just put their hand to the plow, they don't look back. Bless these folks tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll sing. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.